I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X Blades with a leprechaun Who plays basketball, come to my smart house Meet my alien sister, don't come hungry Because I'll bet my mom can't cook Hi everyone and welcome back to Mom Can't Cook a DCOM podcast. I am one of your hosts and my name is Andy. Hello, I'm the other of your hosts and my name is Luke. And this week we have been watching You Lucky Dog. More like You you Lucky Audience. Because <laughs> we got to experience this treat of a movie. That's certainly a point of view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is another, um, another DCOM film, another Disney Channel original movie. And hopefully... Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you took our advice and watched it yourself, and you've come armed with the knowledge of what happens in this film. If you've been listening since the start, then at this point you are two decoms into uh, what I can only describe as a transcendental journey. Mm, a lifelong journey that will change you <laughs> as, a, as a person. It's certainly lifelong if you watch all the decoms like we did and then have to watch them again to make a podcast. Yeah, it's so you've seen all the decoms twice. Some, we should get a window on Main Street at Disneyland or something for this. Uh, I think I think probably what we'll get is just sued. <laughs> hey, hey, Disney, get off our case, all right? We're, try, we're, we're helping, probably. How about this, Disney? Leave us alone, please. <laughs> you don't have to give us a window on Main Street. <laughs> just leave us alone <laughs> just be cool about it. why can't you be cool we're willing to revise our offer from window on main street down to please leave us alone please leave us alone that's our final offer our final offer is please leave us alone <laughs> anyway you lucky dog is yeah. a film about a dog psychic <laughs> well the broad premise is a dog dies in, and inherits a large fortune. No, a dog doesn't die. A man. Oh, oh God! Sorry. sorry. I know. It's, I know it's a very complicated film and hard to understand. <laughs> but a lot of layers of subtext and things. But it is a man who dies, right? And the dog inherits the money. A man dies, and a dog inherits his his enormous fortune. Yeah, his sixty-four um, million dollars. And the man, uh, Mr. Windsor, uh, is of the opinion that the only person fit to interpret the dog's wishes as to how the money should be spent is a charlatan dog psychic called Jack Morgan, who, mm. as a boy, genuinely could commune... Um, with one dog. With one, with, with one dog, telekinetically. Yeah. Um, but since has lost the gift and, and has basically just been pretending, but now can actually talk to Lucky. Yeah. Here's a clip of that. Wait a minute, how does a dog inherit money? Well... The entire $64 million has been placed in a trust. And you have been named trustee, Lucky's permanent translator. His legal voice in all matters regarding his whims and wishes for spending the fortune. The dog will be in control of the assets, and you will be working for him. Now, are you sure this whole thing is legal? Ironclad. Unless, of course, the heirs can prove that you're mentally incompetent. Oh, well, no problem there. I mean, I am sharp as a tack. This is quite unusual for a Disney Channel original movie in that the protagonist is an adult. Yes. Which you don't see. I, I was racking my brains about this. I think this is the only decom I can think of where there aren't any child principal characters. Yes. There's one child who turns up later on and just doesn't really do anything and then goes away. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but it feels at the, at the end of this film like they ran out of tape or DVDs or whatever and well, had to wrap the film up early. Yeah. Um, again, this is something that I noted is this film is structured very poorly, I think. <laughs> so, you know, like the sort of the standard three act structure of a, of a film. You're yes. supposed to have the, the setup and then the confrontation and then the resolution. This film was about an hour and 20 minutes long. and It's an hour of setup and then sort of 10 minutes of confrontation and 10 minutes of resolution at the end. Well, maybe they shouldn't have given themselves such a complicated thing to, to yeah. set up. Okay, so let's let's sort of start off with so the the film starts off with an with like an audio network sound alike of Randy Newman. I uh, don't think audio network would dare get this close <laughs> to Randy Newman. I, it is absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Togetherness, the two of us together, it's the only place to be. It reprises at the end, and it, it, it actually includes the lyric, You've got a buddy in me. <laughs> I mean, okay. What year was Toy Story? Toy Story was 1996. Uh, no, 95. What year was You Lucky Dog? 
Oh my god, what if you lucky dog came out first? No, no, okay, it is it is three years after <laughs> Toy Story, I was gonna say. <laughs> We're imagining the world in which Newman heard you saw so you lucky <laughs> you dog. Lucky and, dog like, and he was like Yeah, or hey, like dad. um Yeah, it's like, Hey, Randy, it's your cousin Marvin. Marvin Newman. You know that new sound you've been looking for? <laughs> Just holds the phone up to you lucky dog on the Disney to you, Channel. Togetherness. Something, something, <laughs> you got way. a buddy in me. You are a dog. I can read your thoughts, I think. So the film starts yeah. with this montage of um the the young Jack Morgan and yeah. his incredible psychic uh, connection with his dog through a sort of montage of uh, newspaper clippings about their incredible adventures. The film tells us that he can really do this stuff, but if you were just to read these newspaper articles, I don't think there's any way that you would come away thinking this was real. Because the thing that the th- examples they've got of his psychic ability are him pointing at a drawing of some meat on a blackboard. <laughs> yep. Uh, him saying that the dog is thinking of a meaty bone. <laughs> He's thinking uh, of a meaty bone. Yeah, there's, there isn't, of yeah. course, there is no way for anyone to verify any of his claims about yeah. what the dog is thinking because the dog can't talk. So he's basically gone into like labs and universities and gone, yeah, I can read dogs' uh, minds. This one is thinking of a meaty bone. And everyone's like, wow, this guy's the real deal. Wow, how did he know? <laughs> this is actually a recurring thing through the theme, through the film. Whenever um, Jack is asked to prove his power, he always says something like, the dog is thinking about eating shoes. Yeah. The and dog is like, thinking about digging up a bone. Well, there's no way he could have made that up. <laughs> the dog is thinking about having a wet nose. It's a detail only a dog would know. The dog is thinking about how it's descended from the wolf. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the dog facts. The dog is thinking about eating its favourite food, dog food. <laughs> the dog is thinking about chasing a cat. Yeah. Well, he's never chased a cat before, but he's wanted to. He's wanted, you know, he says that he wants to, though. <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> I'm convinced. Then we find Jack in his uh, office in the process of scamming um, some good people who made the mistake of believing in a dog psychic. <laughs> people who loved their dog so much and wanted it to be better. Because this is a dog who has been overeating and yes. they're worried about the dog's health. Yeah. And so at their wits end... <laughs> Nowhere left, no, to turn. nowhere left to turn to save their beloved companion. They turn to Jack Morgan, the fraudulent dog psychic, who has fallen asleep and the dog is eating his sandwich, thus exacerbating his health problems. So this is our hero, Jack Morgan, <laughs> fraudulent con man. I know what you're thinking, decom audience of young kids. No, he's not a child like you. <laughs> I mean, he's so, he's so he's easily jerk. could have been. Like, I don't understand why it had to be an adult... Like, he could have been a ch- child who had a dog who he was psychic with, and then the dog died, and then he couldn't do it with other dogs. Yeah. And then he found this one other dog. Like, I don't understand why he had to be a, a con con man adult. All I would say is that the uh, performance given, I would describe as quite childlike. Mm. Um, it's the actor Kirk Cameron is the main yes. actor in this, who was in Growing Pains, mm. and then he left to become a sort of evangelical Christian pastor. Um who has been quite controversial, uh, specifically around his views on COVID-19. I see. Yeah. He plays Jack Morgan with his mouth almost always open. Yes. Um, I, think th- and that's, I think that's the, the way he communicates a sort of childlike innocence. Mm, that's kind of Tom Hanks in big style performance. Yes, that's it. That's what he's channeling. Mm. But yeah, he's uh, this washed up dog therapist who sleeps through his consultations. He charges $50 to kill your dog but his problem here is that the the man who owns the dog who's been overeating uh is a personal friend of the mayor and he walks in and finds out that jack morgan is sleeping yeah and he says right i'm gonna go and tell the mayor about this but jack is confident that the guy doesn't know the mayor so he doesn't <laughs> think it's gonna be a problem <laughs> it turns out Turns out the guy does know the mayor. Turns out he knows the mayor and it's a problem. (laughs) But before he gets shut down by the mayor, he is visited by... Three ghosts. And yes, three three ghosts, Clive Windsor, Calvin and Lucky. (laughs) Clive Windsor's dog, Lucky, is uh, feeling anxious and stressed and he doesn't know why. So he's gone to the... And again, someone else sought out the help as a last resort of a dog psychic. At their wits end. Yeah. But this one... Is different. Oh, done already? Yes, I'm having trouble getting through to him. I'm sorry, it's just not going to work out. Uh, are you are you sure? 
I'm positive. You know, maybe you should just see another dog therapist or a veterinarian. Anybody but me. Is Lucky all right? I don't know. Is he sick? I don't... He's worried about you. The dog walks into Jack's office. Jack's like, well, you know, sit, sit down. And then he starts to explain his sort of backstory to the dog. And yeah. then the dog starts kind of shooting psychic knives into Jack's head. <laughs> but it, it is weird that the first real psychic connection he's had with a dog in years, he immediately throws out. Like a wealthy man comes in, he can actually psychically connect with this man's dog. And he's like, oh, this is weird. Ew, get out. Never come back. There's two puzzles that this poses. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to see these resolved. One, why, does, why is he throwing away this golden opportunity? And yeah. two, why this dog in particular? And the film answers one of those <laughs> and completely forgets about the other. Yeah, I, I felt for sure there was going to be some reason why Lucky in particular was able to communicate with, with Jack. Jack hints at it. He says maybe it's a genetic thing. Can we, can we talk about the dog communication, the psychic dog communication? Because I just want to sort of bottom out how it works. Yes. Well, the film is, is kind of unclear... In, it, in itself as to whether Jack can read the th- thoughts of the dog or whether he is a sort of empty vessel that can be possessed by the dog. It seems like both. It seems like he can communicate in a f- sort of free and casual way with the dog. He can just ask it questions. The dog, you know, Lucky can reply mm. uh, or Lucky can kind of interrupt and say, hey, uh, I, I want this or, or, or I'm thinking this. So it seems like they can have just a basically normal conversation. But then there reaches a sort of tipping point where Lucky becomes too excited yes, or too emotional or, or feels any kind of passion too strongly. And then Jack enters a kind of fugue state where he does become a kind of clone of the dog's brain. Yeah. So it's not like the dog leaves the dog's body. <laughs> it's like there are two of the dog doing the same thing and one of them is Jack. Yes. It- Which doesn't make sense. Like Jack should go into the dog's body. Where does Jack go? The sunken yeah, where does place. Jack, where do, where's <laughs> Jack's mind? Well, okay, okay, okay. This is a great point because I've got written down here in my notes. He he seems to black out when like when this happens, and when he uh, reawakens, when he comes back, he cannot remember what he did while Lucky was inhabiting his body. Right? Yeah. However, there are a few odd inconsistencies here. One of which. Uh, is that he does come back from this fugue state with a full memory and the ability to talk about it in English of what happened during a lucky possession in the third act, which is a courtroom drama, which we will (laughs) probably have to devote some of its own time to. Secondly, when he is being... When he has melded minds with the dog in these moments of high emotional stress, um, Jack says things and makes utterances that can't possibly be lucky's thoughts so for example i've written down some quotes here oh Susanna, oh honey come on bring it home yeah he seems to have like a southern accent sometimes oh 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 Susanna, bring it home bring it home um he also he also says yeehaw uh at at one point hallelujah later on the dog the dog is using dog language in the courtroom part it's sort of talking about two legs is and he's like he's a he's a run to the litter and all yeah. this, these kind of dog terms. But he also understands the concept of a judge and the legal system. Yes. All I can think is that because there's no way that Lucky is saying in dog language the words, oh, Susanna, oh, honey, come on, bring it home. Because mm. that's very human. It's it's fairly sexual. <laughs> but like human sexual specific, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so all I can think is that there is a little bit of jack left there is there is, he still has the maybe unconscious ability to somewhat interpret and recommunicate it's like if if an alien possessed you yeah. and you might still speak in english i think we have to consider the alternate reading of this film that J- jack isn't a dog psychic <laughs> <laughs> i've got that written down okay. can you interpret this film as there is no psychic link yeah. The whole film makes a lot more sense. I think it does make a lot more sense. But there's only one thing that doesn't make sense if you interpret it that way, and that's that they do sort of do a, a difficult oh, magic the blind, trick. The blind test, yeah. yeah. But there are so many more things that, that do come into cold focus uh, yeah. and, and do make sense. I think you can also, you could make a, a case for him working with that crooked attorney. Oh, the one who's underlit like Satan would be. Yeah. If this whole thing was a long con to 
con the money out of old man old man Windsor, Windsor. yeah then I mean it would play out exactly this way you know you would convince him that you're a dog psychic who speak to his dog you knew you knew that he'd altered his will to give all the money to the dog Mm. so you would set yourself up to be the dog psychic you would become the executor of the estate you would know that the nieces and nephews would try and get their hands on the money so you would get them to hire your confederate this crooked attorney and then that would lead to the big show trial at the end you get hold of the money and then once the publicity's all died down this is not part of the film but at the end you would just quietly kill the dog it it actually works out either way because even if something goes wrong and you lose that court case if you're in league with the evil attorney his fee is 50 percent yeah of the so fortune 32 million dollars 32 million dollars and can i say he's like i'm the best trust me i'll get it done and what mm. does he do for that fee? He does what I would believe is the most obvious thing to do in this situation is to just go to the newspaper and say, um, excuse me, <laughs> this man has in this man has de facto inherited a fortune because he claims he can read a dog's mind. Yeah. Um, I think this probably shouldn't happen and it should go to the blood relatives. And everyone goes, oh no, yes, that does seem like something that shouldn't have happened. And that's his brilliant legal work. Yes, but as we see in the sort of the next scene of the film, chronologically, the blood relatives are all idiots right so first of all yeah. we have the reading of the, we have the reading of the will the yeah. whole fam the it's two nephews and a niece yeah. they're all delighted that he's dead but he he's left them like basically nothing yeah and they're furious um they don't know how they'll live the woman for example uses an imported shampoo so yeah as you can imagine, that would cost over ten dollars a <laughs> bottle, maybe. Whereas almost everyone else's shampoo is made locally. Yeah. <laughs> it's domestic shampoo. What I don't understand is the uncle hated them, obviously. Yeah, uh, uh, and yet they he, they lived in his house with him and were allowed to freely use his money to buy imported shampoo. To be w- that weak will to allow that to happen, and yet to write this kind of massive fu of a will, where he's all like. Yeah, in your face. It's like the specific wording that's like, in your face, you dummy, or something. <laughs> yeah, like... there's like, there's sick burns, aren't there? It's yeah. like, to my nephew, Reuben, who is the laziest man in the world, I leave a big chair so he can sit in it and be lazy and fail. Yeah, and to yeah. you, I leave nothing, you you POS. This, this is not something that you would write to someone who lives in your house and you have you've given allowance to i don't know it just seems odd yeah and also not necessary to the film at all that they already lived in the house yeah well they're, uh, they're like oh we've got to get back into our bedrooms and get our stuff we can't we can't go down a rabbit hole of trying to correct you lucky dog yeah, because we, this isn't there's there's it's true it's rotten to the core you know there's systemic problems that we can't fix so anyway the dog is left the money and yeah. mr windsor wants to make uh Jack Morgan, the executor of this dog's wishes. So he sends around um, his bodyguard, Calvin, who is Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Who I would say has range, because I think this is a very different um, character. Yeah, he he played a few kind of like henchman-style kind of muscle roles. He's in Mm. Fletch as one as well, as a Mm. sort of looming, towering henchman, which is a kind of... But here he's quite gentle. Yeah. No, no, he is. He's got a a kind face. He's the first one to believe... Well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, how could he not believe? Because he says, all right, here's a test for you. Lucky ate a pair of my Italian leather gloves. Why did he do that? And Jack Morgan says, he says it's because he loves Italian food. And then Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil sorry, Calvin, is like, yes. Well, I'm, well, I'm surprised that a dog likes Italian food and that you can talk to a dog psychically. Yeah. But, wow, what a day. It's like it's like a joke. It's like a joke answer. And he's like, yeah. yes, yes, that's I'm completely satisfied. But yeah, he goes around and explains the situation to Jack. He says, you were, this dog has inherited sixty four million dollars and uh, you will be the kind of the dog's kind of factotum in spending it. And Kirk Cameron's yeah. like, OK. And then he's like, there will, of course, be some light duties involved. And then Jack is like, oh, what? Duties? <laughs> knew there was a catch. I knew there'd be a catch. So this is BS. I'm out of here, man. You get out of my office. One of the duties is keep a staff, which he fails to do. Yeah, live um, in the house. Yeah, live in the house. Um, and yeah, to continue to interpret mm. the dog's wishes. So Jack moves into the house, uh, Im- immediately exposes himself to the housekeepers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, no, wait, it's okay, I live here. <laughs> oh, well, then. But then he's, I mean, these, there are these two comedy British housekeepers. 
and uh, <laughs> there's a bit where Kirk, there he's sort of Kirk Cameron is introducing himself to them, and he's like, "Oh, I'm normal. I'm just a normal guy. I do the normal stuff." And then he's hearing the thoughts of the dog in his head, saying that the dog wants to go outside, and yeah. the housekeeper says, "Oh, I think the dog wants to go outside," and Jack Morgan is like, what? "Are you a dog psychic too?" <laughs> like, no, it's literal common sense. The dog is scratching at the door and spinning around and going, ugh. So, and this is the time of day where he always wants to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Morgan is so imp- He's like, finally, another dog psychic like me. With You have the gift. That kicks off a sequence in which uh, Jack is possessed. Is this the first time he's possessed by the dog? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. The dog and takes over his body. what a possession it is. And they just destroy the garden looking for juicy, meaty bones that the dog has mm. buried in the garden and then jack uh, sexually menaces the housekeeper again to the point where she flees yes <laughs> to the point where she yeah resigns her post he chases them out of the house to so a kind of fun jazzy soundtrack uh completely oh my, yeah inappropriate for what has to be the most terrifying episode of these women's lives <laughs> i mean the kind of upbeat jazzy soundtrack is is pretty relentless well i thought it was a um it was quite a bold choice to make so much of the soundtrack of this film loud piercing dog barks <laughs> It's it's a ch- it's a challenging listen. This film, uh, if you find like if you find sort of very loud, piercing dog barks to kind of that put you on edge, mm. uh, it's just a lot of that. Jack mentions that he that it might be a genetic thing that he lost mm. the gift to commune with that one dog one time. Is it like related to puberty? Do you think? Well, you it think seems he like lost that was it. about the age where he lost the gift? But he has it again, so. I think it has to be to do with the specific dog. What's interesting is that head trauma kind of knocks him out of it because he's in yes. the car. I've got that note too. Head trauma fixes it. Yeah. yeah. So it's clearly something, if it is real, and this whole thing isn't just a scam, it's clearly something like brain related, something yeah. physical in his brain. Yes. Because if you kind of knock it, it knocks you out of the, the dog fugue state. But then... We see in the intro montage, I mean, we're at risk of getting too too deep here, but that, I mean, that's the premise of the show, yeah, um, sure. is that, you know, there, there are headlines that say, like, scientists baffled. If it was a physical thing, because what you just said made me think, oh, well, that would show up on a scan. You could, you could have him not talking to a dog, then talking to a dog psychically, uh, and, like, you know, compa- you could compare brain scans, and you could isolate the, bit, the gland in his brain that is distributing mm. dog talk hormone. Do you think anyone did that for this 14-year-old boy who said that his dog was thinking about meaty bones? <laughs> get, get him in. Get, dissect Get him in the MRI machine. <laughs> we can only know the truth by pulling his brain apart. I think. And my okay, dog says point, he likes yeah. long walks and he likes to eat Italian food, which I mean Italian leather shoes. <laughs> How is he doing this? <laughs> oh, my God. Get him into the machine. We need to dissect his brain. <laughs> Sweeps cancer research off the desk. <laughs> Get out of here, you. Get this boy on the slab. Some real science. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't think probably they looked into it that hard. All right, so the the, uh, the three nephews and nieces, they yes. attempt to film Jack being mentally incompetent. Well, I think they were just going to sort of follow him and see if he did anything weird. But the second, which he does, yeah, I mean, the second they encounter him, he is leaning out the window of a car, barking like a dog and growling. Jack makes no effort to hide this. If I was Jack and I knew that when Lucky got excited, I was going to, you know, basically channel him. Yeah, I would become reclusive. I would probably trust Calvin and only Calvin, who's already seen this happen. Yeah. I would keep the dog sedated. Yeah, exactly. And I would say, look, Calvin, um, I want to dis- discharge my duties honourably. Uh, and, and I can tell you right now that what Lucky wants is new sofas and dog toys. Um, I need you to go shopping for those. If yeah. I go out in public, this whole thing is going to fall apart. The dog's going to lose his mind. The, yeah. This dog is spiralling, I'll be honest. The dog's, yeah, I've got that note. Dog's mental health equals spiralling. Um, mm. Because, uh, yeah, Lucky is really, really taking the, the death of Mr Windsor very hard. And he's trying to fill the hole with sofas. And he does buy seven or eight sofas. Yeah. And a bunch of, you know, meaty bones and astroturf for the house and stuff. But it doesn't fill the hole that's left <laughs> in this dog's heart. Well, here's, here's, I mean, here's a thought. We know that Lucky is capable of quite sophisticated thoughts, Mm-hmm. understands broad in broad terms the legal process yeah things like is that. able to deliver a touching monologue on the nature of life and transience yeah <laughs> at right the end of the film and we know that jack can communicate clearly any but basically any any thought to lucky 
Can yeah. Jack not explain to Lucky that enormous mounds of bones and thousands of chew toys is not the best use of his money? Could yeah. Jack not explain the concept of a charitable foundation, perhaps for dogs? This dog is capable of extremely sophisticated thought and understanding concepts when it suits the writers, <laughs> and not when it doesn't see the writers. So they buy all this stuff at the mall. They go back to the house. It's all being unloaded. So one of the delivery men is like, um, oh, this is a lot of stuff uh, for dogs. And then uh, Calvin says to the man, uh, yes, he and the dog have a very special relationship <laughs> in a way that you would only interpret it as he is having sex with the dog <laughs> if you were an outside observer. <laughs> there is no other way to interpret that with the way he said it. <laughs> that scene really should have ended with Calvin like slipping a $100 bill into the pocket. Of the- <laughs> you, you saw nothing. You saw nothing. Uh, so then you get the scene where they they take you on a tour of the house which has been redecorated um, for the which has been destroyed uh, at the whims of the dog so it's been entirely (laughs) covered in astroturf there's a huge sofa in the shape of a bone which wasn't one of the seven sofas that they bought at the the sofa store (laughs) yeah surprisingly that sofa shop didn't have a big one in the shape of a bone but the weirdest thing about this sequence is that they obviously shot it and then decided that the camera was moving too quickly Yes, uh, for them to, for you to really be able to take in some of the things that were there. So what they've done is they they just sort of stop the footage so that you can look at the things that they want you to focus on. But it's because it's in motion. It's a sort of weird, grainy, blurry still. I yeah. thought my Disney Plus was buffering. Yeah, same. But same. It, it's not. It's just that's the way that they shot this film. And when that when that camera panning sequence uh, concludes, because the the camera stops moving. Uh, And then Jack immediately says something to the camera. And up until that point, there's been kind of like Jack voiceover. You go, oh, I see. They filmed this. The timing was wrong. They needed to slow it down somehow. Yeah. And this (laughs) is the best solution they could come up with. It's, (laughs) It's awful. It's like, it's genuinely horrible to watch and look at and and it's aged very badly because as you say anyone watching it now uh, on on a high-res tv will see the that it is a blurry freeze frame and will think their internet has you know yeah it's just the laziest solution and you know it it kind of i guess shows you the amount of effort that went into making you lucky dog but yeah or maybe the amount of effort that went into editing you lucky dog because like this is i'm often surprised Mm. when i watch decoms because you know you'll have like a scene where they're driving along and it's like okay well obviously they had to block off this whole street for filming there are like three cars involved there's a bit where a car does a you know slightly exciting weave so you know that's probably requires a stunt driver yeah. then in the background there are two other cars going past they're probably you know sort of e- extras as well mm-hmm. you've got this huge scene in the in the mall on the one hand they look these films look very cheap but then when you actually start to you know like look at what's happening you think well well they can't be yeah, these cheap. I mean, spend the money on. They got Kirk Cameron. He was a big TV star. Do you know what I would? Do you know what I would spend the money on? If you if you gave me the Lucky Dog budget and you said mm-hmm. reallocate this somewhere, yeah. I would take money from something and put it into hiring a person to voice Lucky's thoughts. It's yes. very weird. I was surprised that that wasn't. I yeah. mean, that's the that's the obvious way of presenting. Yeah, the concept of a dog psychic is he can hear the dog's voice in his head, and yet you never ever get that. It's a talking dog movie. It's practically its own genre. Yeah. It is profoundly odd to me that you never that Lucky does not have a voice. I f- I feel like if you'd suggested if you suggested that to the screenwriter, they would pause for a full minute <laughs> and then go, "Oh yeah, that is better." <laughs> They'd pause for a full minute and then go. I've nearly finished. Oh, but, it, <laughs> but it's due. It's due in tomorrow. <laughs> it's yeah. due up on Disney Plus tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. It didn't occur to them, or else they, that's what they would have done. Well, for one thing, it would have made it absolutely clear that he can psychically talk to the dog, which is again a, a troubling ambiguity. Currently, <laughs> Andy, there's one regard, isn't there, in which dogs are exceptionally lucky? Yep. They don't have to wear clothes. The great food. No, yes, the one thing you were talking about. The yeah, yeah. Clothes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've seen, I saw a dog in a neckerchief. The other Did day. you? He looked very swank. Yeah, but a dog can put on a neckerchief and people will say that dog is dressed. If I put on a neckerchief and nothing and else. And nothing else. Or indeed, if I put on just a, a neckerchief and a leash and one of those canine harnesses. Yeah. No one and would say I, I was And dressed. I eat dog food and everyone's like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a double standard, isn't it, Luke? And that's what I hate about it. It is, and it's it's awful being a human, and it's awful having to wear clothes. <laughs> but easing the pain, uh, insert coin, who are bringing you this episode of Mum Can't Cook, a decom podcast, as a sponsor. Thank you very much, insert coin, for sponsoring us. Insert coin yep. are the people who make cool official clothes and other things like pins based on video games that you love. Video games such as... Monster Hunter. Resident Evil. Oh, Resident Evil. Streets of Rage. I love Streets of Rage. It is a lovely time just browsing the Insert Coin website. Oh, Life is Strange. I have a few Life is Strange Insert Coin t-shirts that I dearly love. The good folks at Insert Coin have given us a code to give to you if you want to get 20% off online orders, not including bundles, charity items, gift cards or postage each code one use per person and they'll be valid until the end of 2022 you just need to go to the website www.insertcoinclothing.com and enter this special code for this episode k9 out of 10 which is it's a funny joke code but it is also a super unrealistic rating for you lucky dog yeah. so yeah. i think six is generous uh yeah i'll drop k- insert coin a line to, to just let them know that they have gone too far with the code maybe time. it's like nine out of ten people who watched you lucky dog hated it (laughs) (laughs) that means one of that means one of us hated it and one of us liked it so again head to www.insertcoinclothing.com and use the code k9 out of 10 all one word for 20 percent off your online orders the elder scrolls that's in there too Can we talk about the SAS styling yes. version? Well, that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens next. Is the yes. the nieces and nephews? Yeah. Currently, don't want to engage the crooked lawyer because he wants thirty percent of the of the money. So instead, they decide that they are going <laughs> to break into the house and kill the dog. <laughs> no, no, no! Tranquilize the dog. Well, I mean, presumably the plan is to kill the dog. Because... I think they want to kill him off sight. <laughs> right? I mean, they could kill him on sight. I think they want to quietly disappear the dog so that Jack and Calvin wake up and go, oh no, Lucky ran away. Lucky and ran then away in the night. Presumably at, a, at, a, at, a, at another location, they will quietly kill the dog. Quietly dismember the dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to have to. Dis- yeah. 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 They're going to have to um, dispose of the body in a, in a yeah, way that so, can't be traced. So they are infiltrating the mansion. Armed mm-hmm. with tranquilizer guns. All right, check your weapons. Remember, this dart has got enough sedative in it to knock this mud out cold. We're going to shoot him, and then we're going to drag him out of here. All right? I didn't watch this through twice because I didn't want to, um, <laughs> but I did try to keep. I did try to like keep account of where all these darts go. Okay. Um, well, what, one of them shoots a balloon of a Dalmatian. Yeah. Which isn't even the breed of dog. <laughs> so. I think they go into this situation. Could they with not six, have found a with... balloon of a dog that looked like Lucky? <laughs> the prop department was like, "It's a dog." <laughs> also, it's... why does Lucky want a balloon of a dog like <laughs> Lucky? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. Why has he bought this? I think we know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. Okay, so as far as I can t- as far as I can figure out, they go into this situation with six darts total right which probably felt like plenty of darts <laughs> Two seeing as yeah. one dart contains enough sedative to knock the dog unconscious immediately as they yeah. explain four darts go into each other yeah <laughs> <laughs> two-thirds of the darts they fire into <laughs> each into other themselves yeah into themselves. one goes into a big bone yeah, um, that Jack is wielding. One goes into a blow-up dog, and I, th- unless I'm mistaken, I think that accounts for every dart. And then they have run out of darts when it yeah. comes to the moment to shoot Lucky. Well, I, I did watch this whole sequence again, and it's less than three minutes into the break-in. Uh, they've all tranquilized each other, <laughs> smashed, uh, smashed up all the gumball <laughs> machines, uh, started shouting and screaming at each other. Um, so a- again, I would say this home invasion has gone not brilliantly. My, my favorite moment is when. Uh, Lyle Windsor, who's who's the kind of leader of the yes. the, the inherit would be inheritors, played by John Delancey, uh, is sneaking around and climbs under a big furry rug <laughs> for no reason at all. No, it would make sense if, for example, Jack or Calvin was coming down the hall and it was like, "Quick, hide!" Yeah, but they aren't. So I guess he climbs under this rug, hoping that the dog will come and lie on it, and he can just shoot straight up or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> just start blasting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, all that happens is that um, Margaret uh, Windsor, played by Christine Healy, <laughs> wanders mm-hmm. wanders in, and um, sees a, uh, a hairy shape moving. Sees around. a hairy shape and doesn't think Shoots twice. First, asks questions later. The other thing I'd like to say is, okay, it's tranquilizer guns, right? We know mm-hmm. what tranquilizer guns do. They knock you unconscious. Yeah. Now, admittedly, Lucky is not the size of a human and is not the mass and weight of a human, but is yeah. a pretty big dog. He's a, he's How, a large dog, yeah. And yet they send all of these tranquilizer darts into each other. Yeah. And the and the nephew, the nieces and nephews seem to be completely untranquilized. Well, he's got a kind of a dead leg, uh, the eldest. I guess. But would it... Sort of dragging would his it, leg a bit. But the, would it Margaret not slightly tranquilize your whole body? Margaret gets two darts, doesn't she? I think yeah, I think she gets one she in gets each one, butt cheek, one in each buttock. Yeah, yeah. So you think she would be that would at at least if we are going by the kind of dead leg theory, which the film seems to be, then like she should she should lose the use of use, her legs, use of her buttocks. Temporary. <laughs> she should at yeah. least have avoided her bowels. What <laughs> the thing that struck me was so Calvin. Yeah, he is uh, ostensibly Mister Windsor's driver. But, mm. I mean, judging by his bearing, his demeanour, his size, it's fairly clear that he is also a sort of bodyguard yeah. slash factotum yeah. kind of kind yeah. of character sure. here. There is no way that he is not prepared for this exact scenario and is yeah. not ready to kill these home invaders to protect his home. Yeah. He's dreamed of this. Yeah. You know? if, they're, if they're lucky, he will just beat them with something <laughs> blunt. I, most likely... <laughs> He is going to just start open. He's just going to open fire in this. In and he would be under the <laughs> under the, the law in America. He would be entirely justified to kill all three. <laughs> that could have been the courtroom scene at the end. Yeah, to, trying to determine just, if it was a legal justifiable, justifiable homicide of these home invaders. Um, as it happens, they are lucky to get away with their lives because although. There are only madcap antics and um, and nothing worse than that. They yeah. do fall out of a window. Yeah. Um, and, you know, luckily sort of into, into what I say is a shallow pond. But also the police the police come round and Jack is like, oh, I didn't see any of them. It was dark, even it though was it wasn't. Dark. Yeah. yeah. And it, but, it, but he knew it was them because he can smell them because he has a dog's psychic smelling ability. Yeah. And yet he decides, instead of just saying to the police, yes, I saw them. <laughs> could have just said yes i saw them because yes i saw them i saw them with my eyes yeah he's instead said i have the psychic ability to smell like a dog (laughs) i couldn't see them with my human eyes but i smelled them with the dog's nose with the dog's nose to which i am psychically connected yeah i feel (laughs) like he's just making things a lot harder why not just say i saw them yeah so anyway that that's that's the failed house invasion scene which sort of leads us onwards the the end the ending is very is pretty i was surprised at the violence of the ending Mm. with the smashing through the window well until jack he becomes the dog because the dog's excited um but it really has a sort of jack is transforming into his wolf form ready to kill kind of vibe to it the way he's like they were lucky not to get their throats torn out yeah (laughs) frankly like with the increased size and strength of a human body (laughs) also there are two of them because as we've covered Lucky's mind remains yeah. in Lucky. Yeah, it's so kind of double pasted in. So it is like two. It's like one big strong dog and one big strong man yeah. are trying to tear your throat out, and we'll just sort of fall upon you, clawing and biting and tearing. They were lucky to survive, even though they fell in the pond. Because bearing in mind they've been tranquilized, you could easily envision a situation where they're knocked unconscious in the fall and then just float yeah. face down in the shore. They've been shot in the legs with tranquilizer darts, and they can't raise their bodies out of the water and they drown in this in six inches of water because they physically can't stand up why would you have brutal tranquilizer darts as a thing because as soon as they shot one of the one as soon as one of them shot the other i was like this is going to be pretty funny it's going to be what that thing where you know that that human is going to be all ragdolling around yeah it's going to be wall 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 street and and they're going to have to you know the other two are going to have to carry them out but no it just has no effect. No, you'd have had to. You had to. You would have had to write that, and that's you know, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, that's another thing that if you said it to the writing team, <laughs> paused for a full minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tranquilizers work on humans as well as dogs. 
No, it's dog tranquilizer. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's only for dogs. <laughs> I would have liked to see Lucky shot with a tranquilizer, not just because I was annoyed by Lucky, but also because I would have liked to see what would happen. It would be a good experiment to see what happens to Jack if you tranquilize Lucky. He would have been free of the dog's influence. Finally. And then, and then yeah, finally. <laughs> he would have, he would, finally he would have said to the clarity. nephews, thank you. Thank you. For, for God's sake. <laughs> now let's kill this dog while it's out. <laughs> He won't let me do it when I'm when the dog's conscious. He won't let me do it. He'll stay my hand. <laughs> That's the only time I'm free. Okay, I think it's time we talk about the courtroom drama section. Yeah. So then the nieces and nephews go to the evil lawyer, and they're like, "Right, we've decided there's no way we can handle this dog and man on our own. We need your incredible legal skills." And guys, like, "Yep, yeah, no problem." This court case starts. Which you feel like this is the sort of like the third act of the film. And I looked at the running time and there were 11 minutes left of the film. Really? Yeah. Wow. This whole bit is 11, it's like 11 minutes long. Gosh. So they sort of trot out everyone that um, Lucky and, uh, and Jack have wronged throughout the film, which is yeah. a lot. The housekeepers are there saying about how he made improper advances towards them. Uh, yeah. The mayor's friend is there talking about what a con man he is. The lawyer has such a strong case. Uh, well, Alison, uh, who is the, the lawyer who's representing uh, Jack ah, and who yeah. is like, not like a love interest per se, but clearly, the, clearly if they hadn't run out of tape or DVDs, that was, yeah. that was what was going to well, intend. That's Kirk Cameron's real wife in real life. Is it? So you presume, I mean, well, you presume there's something. The, yeah. That explains the chemistry. <laughs> the undeniable. <laughs> the snap, crackle and pop between these two. She describes the um, arrangement, the, you know, the kind of premise of the film arrangement as ironclad. Jack asks, is this legal? She says, ironclad. Yeah. And then they get to court and it turns out that actually it's about as ironclad as you would expect. Well, also a man <laughs> interpret a dog's wishes to spend $64 million. Before they go into the court, she's like, okay, they're trying to prove that you're mentally incompetent to run this estate. Is there anything you haven't told me? For example, are you occasionally psychically possessed by a dog <laughs> in a way that could be described as you being mentally incompetent? He's like, no, no, can't think of a thing. This is she's like, well, in Discovery, of course, you know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen their case. I've seen what they're going to, what they're going to argue. Mm. I... Um... It says here that you ran around like a dog in the shopping centre and, and, you know, ran, yeah. dug up a dog, dug up bones in the night like a dog. Yeah. No? no? Any of this Hearsay. ringing a bell? Jacob? No, no. <laughs> There's a point in the trial where they describe Lucky as the richest dog in the world, which really made me laugh because <laughs> no dogs are rich. <laughs> He's the only dog in the world with any money. With any money. He, he doesn't need a vast fortune to be the richest dog in the world. <laughs> but, but yeah, so the law, the lawyer, the evil lawyer presents his case. Yeah. And it's an incredibly good case. Except for the bit where he's saying that um, Jack is both mentally incompetent and mentally competent enough to take advantage of Mr. Windsor, who they also yeah. claim is mentally incompetent. Yes. They, either he's mentally incompetent uh, or yeah. he's a, a mastermind who manipulated <laughs> Mr. Windsor. He can't be both, surely. Well, you don't need to um, have that strong a case when all uh, all Alison Taylor is doing is occasionally standing up and saying objection and only yeah. the word objection. Well, I mean, to be fair to her, her client told her <laughs> that he doesn't turn into a dog. And yet and then <laughs> she was immediately confronted with reams of evidence that he does. <laughs> So she's probably on the back foot of Listel, I think. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, if I'm on that jury, I know which way I'm voting. Voting against the dog maniac. <laughs> but then, you know, when all seems lost, Jack says to his counsel, Alison, Alison, put me on the stand. I can channel the, I can channel the dog. And she just... <laughs> so just to be clear, what? just to be clear, the prosecution's case is he falsely believes... Is that he, he pretend he runs around like a dog, and this is clearly mentally incompetent behaviour. Yeah, and his plan is put me on the stand and I'll run around like a dog. Yeah, I'll behave all mentally incompetent. That should help. <laughs> also, also, it's very very odd when they have this little recess, and Alison is explaining. Look, it's time to go in there, take our licks. The case is over. We are definitely lost. Yeah, 
um, they're going to get the money and Lucky. And he says, what? No, they can have the money, but they can't have Lucky. And I was kind of thinking, I don't think they want Lucky. I think if you want Lucky, you can probably settle. You can, like, yeah. <laughs> you can say, by the way, can I have Lucky the dog? And they'll be like, yeah, sure, we don't want a dog. Also, he doesn't like being a dog psychic. He hates being possessed by the dog. It's painful and unpleasant for him and it's socially awkward. And now he's probably going to jail. But he's like, no, not my sweet Lucky. You don't like Lucky. You've spent the whole whole film. If he goes to jail and Lucky doesn't go to jail, because why would Lucky go to jail? (laughs) Yeah, they don't have dog jail. (laughs) Will he continue acting like a dog in jail? Yeah. Is there like, does he have to be within proximity, close to Lucky? Or is the bond now permanent? No, he must have to be close because he only started having the psychic connection with the dog when he was brought into his office. But is it possible that now that that's established, we never really see Jack away from Lucky in the whole course no. of the film. That's true. Maybe once the initial link is forged, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, he would definitely die in prison in that case. Because <laughs> if he's not acting like a dog and throwing himself around, there's no way. <laughs> he, would, he would be killed by a fellow <laughs> inmate by, inside I, of 24 hours. Yeah. Or, a, or a guard, you know. <laughs> If a prisoner goes feral and is trying to bite the throats out of the guards. Um, so, yeah, he channels the dog. Uh, he, he gives this... Sorry, yeah. Karen. It, it's, I think anyone, any other viewers will agree that this courtroom scene is maddeningly frustrating because you're just screaming at the screen, just prove it. Just yeah. like you can actually talk psychically to a dog. So just find a way to prove it. And what he does first when he gets on the stand is say, oh, actually, no, I can't do it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then, and then, then goes back to his old favourites. Oh, what's Lucky thinking about now? He's thinking juicy. about eating your shoes. He loves eating like shoes. Juicy bone. <laughs> Trot out the old 14-year-old routine. <laughs> and the jury just start chuckling. They're like, oh, we're loving this. This is yeah, great. That must be real. We're warm-hearted and it's real. But yeah, they do a blind test where... They ask the lawyer to kind of show objects to the dog that Jack can't yes. see. It, and there that are two, is... a pen mm-hmm. and a chocolate bar. Uh, there are additional details about the pen, uh, which was stole, you know, stolen from a hotel. I don't know exactly yeah. how Lucky got that. Yeah. I don't know how Lucky grasps the concept of a hotel yeah. or a hotel or can pen. Re- I can read English. Um, and there's a chocolate bar, which fair enough, Lucky being a dog would probably be able to discern the specific ingredients of the chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. But were you watching this thing with a kind of pen and teller eye, trying to think if this is fake, how is it done? Yeah, this is a pretty standard mentalist trick. Mm. Uh, there would be again the easiest way to do it would be to have a confederate. Yeah, the, the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you if you were presented with this, mm. you know Occam's razor, it's like, is it more likely that this man is a legitimate dog psychic? <laughs> Or is this some kind of trickery like I've seen on Penn and Teller? Which is exactly the kind of logic that the jury will have been instructed to employ. Yeah, not like assume that dog psychics are real. (laughs) I assume that dog psychics are real. It's possible that there is life after death and it's possible to talk to dogs and like all that that implies... But But also, we're just going to like, this court case sets precedent. (laughs) Legally acknowledges uh, the veracity of dog psychics. Yeah, yeah, it does. Which is huge. The The implications are massive. Then, okay, then we get the big, the big bombshell twist comes, Mm. which is Lucky saw the eldest nephew putting poison into the coffee cup of the, uh, of old man Windsor, which is what killed him. And so... Jack Morgan turns to Lyle. Which, he says, again, he should not be able to do this. He should yeah. come out of... In every other instance, he's come out of the lucky state, not really knowing what he's seen or what's happened. Yes, and yet he has full access to Lucky's <laughs> visions. Yes. Maybe he's growing, they're growing stronger bonds Maybe. by the minute. You'll only, you'll only, your mind will only catch on that for a moment, because then something much more illogical happens next, right? Yeah, so he says, Oh, Lyle, you put poison in the old man's coffee, didn't... Well... L- yeah, uh, Lucky doesn't know what you put in the coffee because I guess <laughs> I, dog. selectively dogs don't know what poison is. But <laughs> but I do. It was poison, wasn't it, Lyle? You poisoned him. Now, if you're Lyle in this situation, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I would say, 
No. <laughs> I would say, no, I didn't. Or I would say, prove it. Or I would yeah. say, this trial is literally about you being yeah. a con man and mentally incompetent. And you've just climbed up off of the floor where you've been yeah. rolling around to accuse me of poisoning my uncle. Yeah. Can we get back to the matter at hand, yeah. please? Which is that this man is crazy and not fit me, to Andy, manage. Instead, what would you not do? <laughs> Probably what I wouldn't do is spring to my feet and draw a revolver and say, stand back, everyone, I've got a gun. I've got a yeah. gun and I poisoned you. Yeah, I murdered the old man and I'll murder all of you too if you don't let me get out of here. Well, of course, he, he senses he senses that the, the jaws of justice are closing on him because cause this man who's on trial has climbed up off of the floor and said he poisoned him. <laughs> just, started, just started accusing random people of murder. But in this case, he was right, wasn't he? Yeah, and so, then he um, shoots Lucky. Yeah, yeah, but it's not very well. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. He shoots Lucky, it grazes his ear. Now, yeah, um, shoot, being shot in the ear and it just... Being shot and it just grazing your ear. That's a, that you know, yeah, a, a lucky escape, no pun intended. Mm. But then Jack Morgan, obviously psychically linked to Lucky, goes, ow, instead of rolling around on the floor in... Actual when, pain. When Lucky dies, will Jack die? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends how Lucky dies. If Lucky gets overexcited and runs into the road, then yes, <laughs> Jack, Jack, is Jack, going to run, Jack is going to run into the traffic as well, isn't he? <laughs> just, just... <laughs> it's going to be very hard to keep Lucky and Jack alive. I'm just so glad there wasn't... There's never a... We never get to see what happens when it's uh, mating season. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> this whole plan by the ne- nieces and nephews is so unnecessary because a dog's lifespan is so short. Yeah, I've got that written down as well. Just wait five years. Wait five years. Yeah. And th- I think if you're being charitable to the screenwriters, I think maybe they thought that the nieces and nephews assumed that Jack was as crooked as them and would have the will changed to leave it all to Jack when the dog died. Sure. You could probably make that case, but I don't. I don't think he would. No, I, think, I don't think just so. wait for Lucky to die and then it all goes to you. Yeah. There's no need to do all this. Also, murder. I know that this film is listed with people assuming that dog psychics are real. But yes. if you were the notary who was asked to change a will and it was the dog who had all the money and the dog psychic said, here's what the dog wants. Me have wants money. Me, the, the meat have the money <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, you'd probably, that would be, that would probably be an issue, I think. Yeah. And again, they would be in a position to argue that in court as well. And again, all the nieces and nephews needed to do was what they, you know, were willing to part with 50% of the fortune to do, yeah. which was to go to the local news and say, this has happened. Don't you think that's kind of effed up? Yeah. <laughs> and also look at this guy. He's eating bones and rolling around in the dirt. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We're going to need the best lawyer to find witnesses. Oh, no, there they are. Why don't we just go where he went? <laughs> yeah. Did anyone around here see a man running around like a dog? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Form, we all saw a line. Yeah. It happened in the mall, the most public place in town. <laughs> it would have made the local newspaper for sure. Yeah. I. Yeah. You definitely get the feeling that the film ends quite hastily. Like they, they paced it a bit weird because you never really get any sort of romantic conclusion uh, between no. Jack and Alison? He tries to ask her out at one point, but then some dog nonsense happens to interrupt. Yeah, although presumably she would say no, seeing as uh, he, you know, put her career on the line by lying about m- melding minds with a dog, and was very rude the first time he met her, being surprised yeah. that she was an attorney. And oh, yeah, she, oh yeah, that's yeah. true. He was like, yeah, you're an like, attorney. You're the you're attorney, a, even you're though you are a beautiful woman. Even though you woman. And, you know, she's just gone... She's uh, We get some backstory about how she's just gone through a divorce and her husband got the house and she's got this... Yeah. Is that her daughter? Uh, yes. It is her daughter. Yeah. So she's, I you mean, know... Maybe, maybe not much of a lawyer if she lost mm. the house. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> not a great sign. Lost the house in her own divorce. Yeah. Has full custody of the child and yet lost the house. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah, so that was you lucky dog. Yeah, how many juicy bones would you give it out of ten? <laughs> I would give it. I would give it five big meaty bones out of a possible five big meaty bones. Oh, okay. It's, I'd give uh, it five I, out of ten. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's reckon. um, it's a weird one. It obviously it's it's not a good film, but none of them are good films. Um, no. But like, I, I think taking it as a decom 
it is also kind of uneven. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has a kind of fun, wacky decom premise that it doesn't really stick to or really interrogate. And again, like, there are no kids in it. And it ends yeah. in a courtroom drama. It's like it's, <laughs> yeah. the the tone is all over the place. Yeah, and the the pacing as well is like I say, it's terrible. Uh, it's like the intro and the setup is way too long. Then the actual conflict stuff is about ten minutes, and the whole thing is wrapped up. It was like you got the very lowest point of the court, of the court case, where it seems like there's no way they're going to resolve this, and then someone just pulls a gun and says, "Actually, it was I." And you're like, oh, good, that was convenient. I pressed pause during the poison revelation and was shocked to see that there was like three minutes and 30 seconds left, including credits. Including credits. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's an an interesting decom, not least because it's the only one with an adult protagonist. It was an early one, so they were still figuring out the format, I think. Next time, if you're joining us uh, for our next episode, we're going to be watching the Disney Channel original movie, Horse Sense. It's hard to say and hard to watch. Horsens. 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 Horse sense. So that's your homework. Um, Yeah. Would you like me to read you the description? Yes, please. Yes, yes, yes. Go. Uh, When 11 year old Tommy visits his spoiled cousin Michael in Beverly Hills, he feels completely out of place. But the tables turn when Michael is sent to Tommy's Montana ranch for the summer. When the family learns that they may lose their ranch, the two cousins must pull together to save it. But what this uh, what this film will introduce to our listeners is this is the first one that we're watching that features the Lawrence Brothers. Yes. Uh, Disney Channel original movie mainstays the Lawrence Brothers, uh, Joey, M- Matthew and Andrew. Three brothers. They starred in a few DCOMs. You may remember Joey Lawrence from Blossom. He was uh, Joey in Blossom. Uh, he had a sitcom with Melissa Joan Hart called Melissa and Joey. He plays yeah. Joey. He play, yeah, he just plays himself in all of these. But um, yeah, the Lawrence brothers are, are great. And uh, I can't wait to watch Horse Sense again. I'm looking forward to seeing the Lawrence brothers back. Yeah, we thought very hard about what which one to do next because we want to kind of start by laying out the, the kind of hmm. different bastions of DCOMs. Um, so it was between like a Lawrence brothers one uh, yeah. and, and a sports one because I feel like that's the other kind of like big... Yeah. thing that we haven't covered off yet I feel so, like next next one after this we'll do a sports one well, yeah I think we'll have to do a sports yeah. one but we just couldn't leave just gotta get those we, we can't do the podcast this long without the Lawrence brothers being yeah. in in there so we're introducing them with I would say their weakest film <laughs> <laughs> we're saving we're saving the really good one trust me though it's worth watching Horse Sense. It's worth getting familiar with the Lawrence Brothers because it does all build up to an Avengers Endgame style <laughs> crossover event. Lawrence Brothers yeah. spectacular. Oh my God, I can't wait for that one. So that's your homework. Go and watch the the Disney Channel original movie, Horse Sense. It's on From Disney Plus. dogs to horses. Yeah. Where will we go next? What's higher in the food chain? Apes. Are there are there decoms about apes? I feel like there's there is. must be definitely. Anyway, horse sense. Watch it yeah. and then send us your thoughts. Let us know what you thought, and uh, we'll read out some of your best comments in the podcast. Yep, you can email the podcast at momcan'tcookpod at gmail dot com. Uh, and while you're doing reviews and thoughts and stuff like that, how about leaving us a five star review because it's the best way to get this podcast trending yeah. on itunes which frankly would be very funny to me mm-hmm. personally so yeah and to get it in front of disney's lawyers who will ask us to stop doing it exactly and also to get it in front of people who just listen to normal podcasts about serial killers and yeah. uh, you know like or like the best of the today show from radio 4 yeah exactly and uh, like imagine imagine a, a stuffy old gentleman spitting out his cornflakes yeah. when he goes to his you know podcatcher of choice and it's like, rolled straight from just a minute into this. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and but so leave a review to make that happen. And then some 90s ska punk starts playing and Luke and I kick flip through the window. <laughs> <laughs> so, the dream. The dream. Yeah. And you know what we're wearing when we kick flip through that window? What are we Luke? wearing? We're wearing the official Mum Can't Cook merchandise. Wow. We're wearing the t-shirts. I've got a sticker on my board nice. uh, and we're just ha- we're having a great time and you too can be that radical to the max 
uh, by going to momcantcookstore.com and checking out the fine wares available there. That's right. There's a kick butt video screens t-shirt that I personally love and some other great, great items that I think you will enjoy. And I think that is all we have to say for now, except obviously go watch Horse Sense. Saddle up. Yeah. Go and get some Lawrence Brothers in your life. <laughs>